Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziati, the senior web editor here at CI. If you've based your whole business model on making hardware margins and selling kit and doing nothing else, your business has pretty much been under threat for quite some time. Whew, okay. That, uh, that, that clip that you just heard could be interpreted as a major call-out for the AV industry, but we don't think that it was trying to incite anything. We just think it was making the point that if your integration firm wasn't offering a managed service or a subscription-based model that includes monthly payments, you should take a page out of Zoom's book. Yes, that's right. Zoom, the platform many of you and your customers have been using to have virtual meetings, has started offering a hardware-as-a-service program for smaller conference room deployments. Now, that program, much like AV-as-a-service, eliminates the one-time upfront payment for video conferencing equipment from manufacturers. It also gives Zoom Room's customers the ability to deploy that hardware with a variety of new options. Now, that kind of sounds like it might take a bite out of integrators that install conference rooms and huddle spaces, but that's not entirely the case. On this week's episode of AV Plus, our editor Zach interviews Julian Phillips, SVP of Global Workforce Collab at AVISBL, and the guy that you just heard a few moments ago, about why Zoom's hardware program can make selling AV as a service and managed services easier. But first, let's hear about this week's AV News to Know. DTools announced System Integrator version 14 this week, which includes new capabilities for its end-to-end estimation, design, project, and service management software. The latest release also provides new performance-enhancing features like Gantt charts, customizable checklists, new business intelligence reporting, bulk purchase order creation, and an updated user interface. BrightSign announced that Eon Digital has incorporated the BrightSign HD 1024 media player in its new temperature screening solution, Exometrics Wrist. This new solution achieves temperature measurements by taking hundreds of temperature readings in seconds. This hands-free solution enables businesses to screen patrons with minimal disruption. And both sales and employment showed growth for the first time since February in Avix's latest monthly Pro-AV Business Index, reflecting trends for July 2020. Now, that employment number in the latest Pro-AV Business Index is more of a sign of steady payrolls than growth, but it is still encouraging. So for more information on these stories and a full list of the latest AV products and projects, visit our website, commercialintegrator.com. Okay, radio voice over. Let's get back to the show. If you've based your whole business model on making hardware margins and selling kit and doing nothing else, your business has pretty much been under threat for quite some time anyway. Right, right. So so do you think does the zoom hardware as a service model and other companies are, are doing the same thing i think uh log me in with the go to rooms yeah. is doing pretty much the same thing um yeah I'm, do you think that do you think that's in response to the the lack of av as a service and how that's what that's been slow to kind of catch on yeah no, we've, we've spoken before about av as a service and i said you know we've been promoting this and and yeah. providing this for years now um and i still believe that that's the direction we're going to go in but the uptake uh has been pretty low really yeah um and so you know again i temper my enthusiasm on the basis i think it's the right thing to do and i think the subscription model is the way forward but my tempered enthusiasm is on the basis that yeah zoom are going to offer this as a subscription service and what have you i'm not necessarily sure that the uptake is going to be huge 
other than probably that SMB market. Yeah. Where yeah. I want to go to with the larger enterprise customer base is I want to be packaging whole range of things together into a managed service mm. where we change the conversation <clears throat> from I buy, I own, I operate, and I then recycle to I consume a service. Yeah. And I think that's really where the conversation with the larger enterprise customers needs to be. It should be a service conversation. What is it you're trying to achieve? What are, What is the service level that you need to commit to your users internally? How can you reduce your overall cost of ownership and management of all of this technology? And how can you ensure yourself against um, you know changes and, and all the, the rapid um, growth and decline maybe and have more agility in the way that you do that those are the kind of conversations we have and of course anything that we do whether it's bundling hardware whether it's adding managed services whether it's the software subscription we can do that and customize that for individual organizations anyway yeah. so I welcome quite frankly anything that any manufacturer does to spend their marketing dollars to promote these ideas and these concepts makes it a hell of a lot easier for us to then go and have that conversation with the customer mm, say, well, look, right. Zoom are already there. They're yeah, right. you to go in that direction. Now let's talk about how you can do this in a, pra in a practical way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, mean, so, Microsoft, I, I don't know whether you've seen, but Microsoft, they're not trying to bundle hardware at the moment, but they've, they've come up with Microsoft Teams Rooms Premium which again is another example of one of the big players trying to wrap more value mm. around the technology. So it's not just here's a license, but we want to actually connect you and remotely support you, which is what the premium offer is. But Microsoft are leveraging their partner base to do the delivery for that, of which AVISPL is first on the list. Yeah. Um, so that when Microsoft Teams explodes into the enterprise, customers now have the option that they can get a one-stop shop for the support mm. of those teams rooms as well as that and so we're you know having just become a finalist for a microsoft partner of the year for for surface hub oh. we're very early in the conversation with microsoft about how we can enable that to happen so integrators that do service those smb customers you know are they at risk of uh of you know I guess losing market share to Zoom selling tell us you know it's kind of funny that they are losing possibly losing business to a company they already work with it's just ironic but are they so they're they're at risk for losing customers to Zoom maybe a little bit around the edge um, but you know what what do relatively small niche AV integrators do really really well? Um, they know their customers and they're right. close to their customers. Yeah. They respond to their um, their needs. I don't think that changes just because a manufacturer comes up and provides a subscription model. Right. I mean, I think if you're if you're sitting there waiting for the orders just to come in. Uh, and you can get disappointed because it doesn't come in because Zoom has outsold you, then you, you've got more things to worry about. Right. If you're close to your customers and you're talking with them and bringing fresh ideas to them, I don't think this in itself provides any kind of threat uh -huh. uh, in any way. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, uh, one of the things, and I've said this repeatedly over the years, there, there, there seems to be this misconception 
that AV integrators have been holding on to all this huge amounts of profit because we've been selling hardware at huge profits. We've, um, you know, we've been making things overly complicated for customers and we haven't driven them to standards and therefore we're sitting on this big pile of cash. I mean, total nonsense. You know, one of the reasons why AV integration hasn't been as profitable as it should have been in the past is the complexity of the delivery model. You know, it costs us a lot of money to build complex rooms. Highly skilled people spending lots of hours doing lots of very complex tasks, which which consumes a lot of cash in the process. Mm. So there is a way uh, that we transform our businesses through this kind of approach, because effectively we're streamlining the delivery model. We right. can deliver much more simply designed spaces. We can remotely provision, manage and support them. The cost of our delivery to the customer is a lot lower but the volume of what the customer is consuming is a lot higher. Right. If you shift your mindset away from just percentage margins and you start looking at real profitability, there is an argument that says the more that Zoom do this kind of thing, the more they promote standards and remote support and delivery, and we respond by changing the way that we deliver, we could be more profitable rather than less profitable. Mm. But you have to shift your mindset. That's the important right. thing. Right. Yeah, I think uh, this would is the wake-up call to to start doing that subscription-based uh, business. Well, boy, oh, boy, does the whole world have a wake-up call right now. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I don't think there's a single company in business anywhere in the world that isn't currently challenging themselves to look at their existing business model, the way that they've done business, how they've made money, and, and started to rethink what do we need to now do differently? Mm -hmm. So this is just, just a great example of that. And and yeah, call it a wake-up call, call it a bit of a challenge, but sometimes that's what you need. You need that kind of alert, alarm, which mm -hmm. you might on initial go, shit, they're taking everything away from me. No, they're not. What they're doing is they're responding to a market opportunity. Right. And they're nimble and fast enough to go and grab it. Yeah. But that doesn't change the opportunity for you. You mm -hmm. just have to be nimble and change and, yeah. and grab it. Yeah. And, you know, Zoom, at the end of the day, their valuation is sky, is sky high, mm -hmm. but it's still a relatively small company with a very few employees. They right. cannot serve the whole market that they can create demand for as mm -hmm. it is right now. And one of the reasons that Zoom came back to the AV channel, which they did, because they very much in the early days decided they were going to take it all direct, was anything that touched a space, anything that touched installing anything into a physical space, they knew they uh -huh. had no capability of yeah. supporting that market. And so suddenly they started to say, we need the channel. We need to develop relationships and partnerships. Now that hasn't changed. Now that Zoom's brand is sky high, now that demand is coming out of the roof, nothing has changed in Zoom that suddenly means that they can miraculously fulfill all of that demand on their own. They need the channel more than they've ever needed it before. Yeah. Can you give me some, some of that history um, about, you know, when Zoom realized they needed a channel at first when they... Yeah. I, I mean, Zoom, as you know, when they started business a few years back, it was it was pretty much a, um, uh, a add-on software... Uh, install really as a for many organizations as a backup plan 
or as a B2B add-on to their existing architecture. So for example, many organizations might have had Cisco architecture or Polycom or whatever they had, and that was very much internal communications. And so right. when they then wanted to go out and do HR interviews, or they wanted to go and do B2B calls with other partners or other companies, Zoom took off uh, as very much as that, okay, we'll just buy the subscription, we'll manage it separately, you know, we can scale it up, we can scale it down. And it was it was just sold as a software licensing model, very much. And bearing in mind the whole history of Zoom with the WebEx um, team, uh, it pretty much was the WebEx model being repeated 2.0. Then what started to happen is that successful model started to take off and they were getting lots of licenses and it was, you know, 100 here, 100 there and what have you. A number of organizations came along and said, hey, we like this. We want to start rolling this out more. Can you do the rooms? Can you integrate into the to the spaces we already have? Where's the interoperability? And so those questions then started to come in. They go, whoa, okay, well we're we're not really a hardware player, but we're getting demand from our customers to do hardware. So that's when the early Zoom rooms started to come out. Um, and some of them a bit clunky because they were taking yeah. you know nooks and various other things and bolting them together and saying, hey, it works, you know. Um, but then they started to do rollouts and deployments with customers and it wasn't going too well when they tried to manage it on their own. So that's when they really started to say, you know what, the channel is important. We do mm-hmm. need people in the channel who understand the customers, they understand integration, they understand the support. We need to really sort of go back out. And so that's when they had a shift in strategy, started to embrace um, the channel more, started to actually put proper agreements in place. So for example, there wouldn't be a sort of competition where um, direct sellers wouldn't get rewarded if they went or or the business started to get channeled through an integrator, they would recognize the revenue um, where it was delivered to the end user customer. And so uh, sales reps inside Zoom would get rewarded even if AVISPL uh, completed the Zoom reinstallation, for example. So they did a number of things to try and make it much more channel friendly and started to build and encourage um, those relationships. And, you know, as of today, we have a very successful and growing Zoom relationship, um, you know, with a dedicated partner manager and we're driving a whole range of programs. So Mm. I can't see Zoom just because they can bundle something and sell it as a subscription. I can't see them abandoning that approach because they need those relationships. They need that infrastructure and that global support model to be able to support those, those large customers. Right. Where does Slack fit into this to AV or does it? Because I know they're tooth and nail with uh, Microsoft Teams. Um, you know, where, where do they fit in into this uh, ecosystem here? They do have video now. They do. Um, yeah. So does everything else. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, show me a show me a, a an app now that isn't trying desperately to grab hold of video. Again, another good thing for the AV industry. The more people that demand video, the more video is used. The more mm. demand overall. You know, the rising rising tide lifts all boats. You know, it, it, it's interesting. Slack, um, as Microsoft tends to do, Microsoft uh, again through history loves to pick on these little challenges and try yeah. and have a sort of let's kill them type strategy, which they yeah. definitely did with Slack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of lot of focus around how we can sort of minimize Slack and make sure that Teams mm-hmm. is, is the way forward. And let's face it, they if you look at the charts of the growth of Slack and the growth of Teams, mm-hmm. there's a there's the, the, the cross section point has yeah. already been reached. Yeah. 
Slack is not growing anywhere near as fast as Team Alibaba. Right. Well, I mean, Slack, I think Slack filed a complaint in the EU um, saying, you know, Microsoft has this unfair advantage because Teams is already <laughs> installed on millions of computers, you know? Google Google did the same thing with the yeah. bundling with the bundling of Internet Explorer, you know, and and look what happened over, over that. So they can do as many um, EU um, uh, lawsuits as much as they like. That's not going to change the yeah. overall trajectory of what's actually happening here. You know, at the end of the day, uh, Microsoft Office is the story behind Teams. It's the migration from client-server architecture and, and on-premise licensing to cloud-based integrated infrastructure and services. The whole in, the, the whole world is going in that particular direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefit clearly Microsoft has is this huge install base, and all it's really doing is just migrating this huge Microsoft install base into m365 uh, and teams mm-hmm. if i were microsoft i'd be doing exactly the same thing right you know um so video is an important part of teams but it's not the only part of the story right. yeah and it's not really to be honest the most important part of the story um but what they have done and i'll give credit to microsoft on this boy oh boy because of these challenges like zoom and slack and everyone else microsoft have picked up their development on the uh, video and oh, yeah. audio features of yeah. Teams in a big, big way, a lot quicker than we've ever seen before. Oh, yeah. And they're starting to really make the video uh, elements and the quality elements of the experience far better than it has been, um, you know, very mm-hmm. damn quickly. So, yeah. so again, more competition. The more people are looking at, everyone improves, everyone gets better. Who's going to win? Um, well, let's put it this way: Slack is looking for somebody to buy them. Um, and to integrate Slack functionality. And one of the big players is going to say, enough's enough. Slack needs to be part of us, um, you know, and it's going <laughs> to, yeah, I yeah. would suggest it'll happen this okay. year. Crush them, really, this year. Mm-hmm. Who do you think that, that might be? I mean, Zoom, uh, the one thing they're missing is like a chat and more collaboration features. And, and they've got plenty I mean, of money. Yeah. I mean, that, that they would be an obvious candidate, right? What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? How can I how can I speculate about these things? All all I'd say is you know um, M and A activity as it uh, as it has happened in the integration yeah. world yeah. M and A activity <laughs> yeah. is is going to uh, once we get through this sticky period and clearly there's been a little bit of a pause with COVID and everything mm. but once we get through the other side of this watch the M and A activity pick up in a big way and I think. You know, at the end of the day, Teams and Microsoft M365 has really shown the way. It's basically said, you know, you know, organizations are looking for improving the overall collaboration experience and bringing everything together, everything from their documents to their workflow, through to artificial intelligence, through to mm-hmm. chat, through to video, audio, everything into a singular platform in the cloud. And it mm-hmm. all talks to each other and works with each other. Now, yes, they interoperate, and so you can you can use Zoom inside a Microsoft environment, uh, you know. And I recently did an article um, uh, with you guys, I think it was, um, about um, uh, it might not have been, but anyway, uh, about how um, Zoom and Microsoft can coexist in an enterprise world side by side. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, it was you. Yeah. Yeah. Does, yeah. Doesn't have to be an either or scenario. Right. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I love Zoom. I'm self-professed. I think Zoom 
is a fabulous video collaboration tool. But Zoom cannot do for me what Microsoft Teams does right, right. right now. Yeah. And so, you know, if I just want to do a quick face-to-face -face, uh, Zoom call, uh, video call, Zoom is uh, usually the option. But if I am mm. part of my team and we're actually having a meeting and we're talking about where we are in a project or what have you, Teams is the only way we go. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you would know since you're talking to these companies, but what is the competition between Microsoft and, and Zoom? You know, they, they seem to be you know, more friendly than most. Is that because there's a demand from their customers to have both, you know? Well, look, a, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, Microsoft's big customers have schooled Microsoft about Zoom. They, they basically said, look, um, rapid to deploy, uh, we've overcome the security concerns that everybody was, um, you know, shouting about. Um, it's it's user friendly. You know, there's so many different things. Y you start paying attention to getting those features into Teams, and you make sure that you can do all of that. Then we might not need Zoom any longer. Mm. But right now, and many organizations will attest to the fact that Zoom rescued them during the first few months of COVID. Right. You know, they couldn't, they were already in migration to Microsoft Teams. They just couldn't move Teams fast enough to be able to migrate it as quickly. Many did. And so you've seen Teams rise dramatically, but that was because the infrastructure and the planning had already been put in place right. and they just turned it up and they just ran with it. Um, and many organizations that were planning Teams deployment for 2021 just suddenly said, screw it, let's just do it now. Yeah. But if you had to start from scratch with Microsoft Teams and you had no planning in place and no, you know, none of the governance and all the things you need to do to do it successfully, it would have been very difficult to have spun it up unless you'd already started the process. Whereas with Zoom, it's pretty damn easy just to throw the switch and say, Boom, you know, get yeah. it out there because there aren't so many... Uh, implications for everything that you have in your legacy environment. Right. So I, I think a lot of organizations that have now got Zoom that probably didn't think they would have Zoom and they're beginning to like it and they're beginning to say this is pretty cool. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to move forward with M365 and Teams because they were going to do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. But now we're going to see this. I, I honestly do believe we're going to see a sort of Microsoft Zoom and for the diehard Cisco customers, you're going to still see um, um, WebEx teams <laughs> yeah. still playing out. But yeah, um, how much? Yeah, how much work do you guys do with uh, LogMeIn? With who? LogMeIn and uh, and go to meeting. Oh, go to meeting. Yeah. Uh, nothing. There, Not really. There is no, uh, uh, you know, unlike Zoom that has reached out to the channel. Uh, I'm certainly not aware of any channel relationship we have, or even if there is a channel program uh, oh. logged in, there may be. Yeah, um, I, believe there, I believe there is, but it's not very robust. So. I, they, you know, uh, I, I probably get 100 emails a day from people trying to sell me something or other. I've sure. never had an email from uh, oh. logging in to um, do a program. You know, go to, go to meeting, again, huge customer base, um, um, uh, you know, decent product, not great with video and audio. I have had to use it uh, with yeah. various different people. Yeah, doing it yeah that's the thing. You, you have to use it sometimes. You don't want to. 
<laughs> you know i've always had pretty poor audio video experiences when i've had to Same. use it for yeah. um, for anything so uh, look um like a lot of other legacy um apps and and, uh, and technology that's out there it's still going to have a market share it's still going to keep its existing customers but it, it's not going to be challenging for the um for the big prize